0: Vacation. A lot of people still uh, sick. I know that we're praying for Sister Lila. Uh, she's having surgery as we speak—hip surgery. She fell and broke her hip, busted her head, bunch of stitches in her head. And uh, but um, Joe and Karen have a anniversary today. Did you? How many years did you say? Forty-six. Forty-six years anniversary. Wow! Bless the Lord. Congratulations, buddy. And uh, Karen deserves a gold medal. <laughs> James, James, yeah, point to Dad. Anyway. Hey, we celebrate that. I mean that's a that's a big deal these days. That's a big deal these days. Forty six years, praise the Lord. And um and so we are thankful that you're here. We know there's a lot of things going on, but for the next few minutes we want to focus our attention on the Lord. We've been in the school of the Holy Spirit, series on the Holy Spirit, and uh, we believe in the father the son and the holy spirit three part three parts three persons in the godhead and uh, many people know about god if they think they do they know about jesus he died on the cross resurrected for our, uh saved us he's our savior but very few people know about the holy spirit they really you know, don't don't even know that we have a relationship with the holy spirit and what the holy spirit can do in our lives in fact he is our sustainer I said, how many know the reason you're making it is because he's sustaining you, energizing you. You thought it was the Energizer Bunny. You thought Pastor Ron just had all this energy. But how many know it's the Holy Ghost? Without him, we can do nothing. Nothing. And so we, we want to know more about this person of the, of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. We want to we dig a little deeper. We want you to have a relationship, uh, one that you know about. And, uh, and so for the kids today, and maybe you adults don't know this song, it's a new movie and a new song out, uh, and, and the name of it is We Don't Talk About Bruno. No, no, no. no. Yeah, you go home and listen to it. It's, uh, it's, it's a little song. <laughs> and my, my grandson loved and, and sang and talked to me about and And I thought it was pretty incredible. But, uh, I want to give precedent for, for that title. Because today I want to talk about sanctification uh, 3.0. I want to talk about the third part of sanctification, which is done by the Holy Spirit through the Holy Spirit. And uh, and so uh, the book I I uh, picked up this uh, this article this book called The Diseasing of America, and it's written from a psychologist's point of view, and uh, and and it has. Uh, I find it very significant. In essence, it says that America is eliminating moral responsibility because we are eliminating any moral definition of human behavior. That's why everybody says, it's not my fault. Remember Flip Wilson? The devil made me do it. Everything is somebody else's fault. I don't have a moral responsibility. So they're trying to redefine that. Everything has now become a disorder or a disease. We don't talk about sin. We don't talk about iniquity. We don't talk about evil. We don't talk about wickedness. We don't talk about lasciviousness or conviction. We don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. Because when you speak against sin, people get very, you know, concerned. But how I many no, we need to eradicate sin out of our life? How I many no, we need to get sin out of the church? We need to get sin out of ourself, out of our society. We need God to forgive us and redeem us and help us. But if we don't talk about it, if everything is a disorder now, I'm not a psychologist nor a psychiatrist, and I know there are disorders, and I know people do have disabilities and issues and different things. But, but for the most part, we don't talk about it. We say nothing of a man's being, of moral being at all. And, uh, and so uh, we, have a, uh, we don't say nothing about behaving in an immoral way. It's all a sickness. So if a man kills 60 people, Kills like a cannibal, eats portions of the bodies, chops them up. We dare not say he's a sinner. We'll say he's sick. I mean, it starts out with sin. Yes, there's alcoholism, and that is awful, and it can be an addictive disease, such as drug addiction and all of that. I mean, no, it starts out with sin. If we'd have killed the seed of sin in the first place, we wouldn't have the epidemic of all of these things that are going on in our world. And so... We don't talk about Bruno, no, no. Systematically, we have redefined everything in the moral, spiritual world into a medical model, alcoholism, all the others. It starts with an attraction to sin. It turns into dependence. Can I tell you, drunkenness is a sin. But if we don't talk about it, if everybody's socially drinking, I mean, no, it starts with a social drink. It starts with a little bit. And you add a little bit to it. What's a little bit more? What's one more? What's one more? I mean, no, it's never enough. You never going to satisfy your sinful behavior. It always takes you further, right? And, uh, and, and so, not a disease. It's a, it's not a genetic predisposition. If, if, if that's true, I too would be an alcoholic. My dad was an alcoholic. But I chose to opt out. I mean, no, Jesus saved me. And he broke the curse of sin in, in the family. How I many know we got to get rid of that? we got to get rid of it. And we got to talk about it. I know it's uncomfortable. But if all of you are here and you're po- totally sanctified, then this is for somebody else online. Hi, everybody. Nobody here needs this. It's just y'all. And so, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. It's the Holy Spirit. Amen? Thank God. Thank God for AA and all the other help we have. But we need to take responsibility. For our actions, amen. That's what has to happen. And uh, even the even the Budweiser people say, "Drink responsibly." Why do they say that? Do they know? You're not going to drink and be responsible. It's crazy. You're going to drink and drink and drink until you're uh, a bumbling, fumbling idiot, and then you're going to hurt other people. Oh, what's wrong with a little drink? Oh, hey, if you can handle it. But you can't handle it, and that's why it becomes a killer. They dare not say, "Don't, don't be responsible." They know. So, as often as we deal with this and look at at uh, sanctification, we got to deal with with First Corinthians fourteen, fifteen, as well. So we brought you through all that verses, all the verses this morning. But basically, he's the potter and we're the clay. How many figured that one out? Many times we think we are the 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 controller of our own life. How many know if the Holy Spirit's not controlling you? Something else is. It's probably not beneficial. Right? Left to yourself, we will we will self destruct. There has to be preventive maintenance. I don't know if you uh, take care of your vehicle. I try to make sure I check the oil. How many know you gotta check the oil? How many know you gotta check the oil? So it does go away. It doesn't just stay filled all the time. It just, it just, uh, I don't know, evaporates or what. I'm not a mechanic. But I know that you have to keep it full. If you don't keep it full, how many know you're going to blow a gasket? Again, I'm not, I'm not a mechanic, but I have blown a gasket. Haven't you? You gotta check the oil. You gotta maintain the vehicle. Sometimes you actually have to change the oil. What? Yeah, you have to change the oil. It doesn't last forever. And so it's maintenance. It's preventive maintenance. And this message today is what I call preventive maintenance. Somebody say preventive maintenance. Preventive maintenance. You know your old self is going to self-destruct. You have to maintain by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that comes alongside. I mean, no, he is in us and works through us. To help us, to prepare us. It's preparedness. So I want you to flip through all the verses uh, since we already read all the text. Flip all the way through the verses. Go to the next, to the first slide after all the verses because we already read it and I saved some time. Because I know all of y'all are ready to go. Some of you are ready to go before you even got in here. Some of you came in at the last second leave before the thing is over. Just wonder why you even, I don't know. How does the Holy Spirit bring peace? How does he sanctify us? How does that happen? You don't just you don't just get saved and hope you make it. There has to be some maintenance, especially preventive. Otherwise, you're gonna blow a gasket. And if you blow a gasket, how many of you blow a gasket before you blow the engine? But you can blow the engine. I think America's engine is just about blown. Well, you all quiet today, but I'm gonna preach it anyway. Nobody backslides overnight. Sanctification is a process, and and, and and preventive maintenance is what the Lord gave me to try to give you an illustration of how this works. You don't backslide overnight. You got to continue in prayer, both in the spirit and in your regular prayer. You got to continue in the Word. You got to continue going to church. If you just lack and neglect and slack, how you know it's going to go backwards? I said we're moving up, and if you stop moving up. It's like riding a bicycle. You stop pedaling up, up the hill, you're going down. So you got to maintain. You got to be complete. Nobody backslides overnight. Guess what? Nobody becomes mature and complete and whole overnight. No holy, perfect people here. We're all working toward a goal. A maturation process. It's a process. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you don't have to be perfect? That all you need to get to heaven is to be. Forgiven? But on the way, if you're not preventive maintenance, if you're not taking care of your soul, you'll blow a gasket. And even so, maybe even your whole engine. We have a real enemy against our souls. How many know there's a real enemy? And, and, and so when it, it does happen, what happens when you neglect your responsibility to maintain a clear conscience? What happens when you don't change your oil? What happens when you don't Take care of the engine, your spirit, man, your mind. Well, it just self-destructs. You can blow a gasket. And I know you've blown a gasket, but you're not voting today. But I already know you've blown a gasket because I was there when you blew the gasket. That's what pastors do. And because they don't talk about it, they talk about it later. I mean, if you talk about it in the pulpit, maybe you won't have to do so much in the counseling room. But well, we're quiet about it because it doesn't feel pews. and therefore we don't talk about Bruno. No, no. no. So before you lose your peace, uh, amen. Before you blow a gasket, completely lose your mind, you just might you just might need to watch the signs. Even on your car, you have little signs. How many of you ever run out of gas? Come on, let me see your hand. Just to honest people. Why? Why? it says says, E and F. E means empty and F means full. So if it's halfway, if it's a quarter tank, well, Pastor, I didn't have no money. Well, you certainly got no way to go anywhere. Now you're out of gas. You're really in a bind. You thought you was in a bind. I saw a guy yesterday on the corner out of gas. I mean, no, that's that's America. It's your responsibility to fill up my tank. Nobody I rode by waved at him and said, yep, you definitely are. You definitely are out of gas. I don't have that compassion gift. Somebody else is going to have to help him. And guess what? Not long after I rode back, somebody helped him. And if we keep on doing that, how many know they're never going to take moral responsibility for themselves? If you keep handing everybody everything, they're just going to expect it expect it and expect it. And so you can't leave your spirit undone, neglected. I mean, without the word, without the preaching, without the spirit, without worship, without prayer, without people in the body helping each other, we will blow a gasp. So we have to talk about it. Check your oil. Check the signs. Same with your spirit, man. Check your signs. There are signs of life and there are signs of death. 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says, pray with the Spirit, pray with your understanding. Sing with the Spirit, sing with your understanding. You, you've you got this, this Holy Spirit who's there to help us. And the first thing he does, he helps us control what we can never control in our own will. Hey, the Holy Spirit's there to help us. Anybody glad about that? He's there to help us, not there to hurt us. Pastor Ron's here to help you, not hurt you. But even a parent is there to help you not hurt you. But the child has to obey. You have to listen. You have to receive. You have to surrender to the order. You have to obey commands. If You can't do that. I mean, we have a whole generation that doesn't know how to obey commands. Simple commands. Simple commands. When my dad told me something, friend, it was done. He didn't even have to verbalize it. He could just look at me. His eyes spoke louder than his his mouth. He'd just look at me. And if he had to use his finger for a gesture, I mean, oh, that was one step closer to me getting a whooping. We didn't have remote controls. You know what we had? My dad had children. And we didn't have cable. We had a antenna. And we didn't have any remote control cable or antenna removers. We had dad's children. That's what we want. That's what we had. Today we have everything. We can't even, you know, can't get out of the chair without a minute. Rem- mm-hmm. It's like, really? You can't, really? You can't stand up? What is America going to? <laughs> I need help with everything. I need help with everything. I can't even. So let me read the text because it's starting to get personal. John sixteen fourteen through 15. I think it's on the scripture. It's. I think it's up there. Yeah. He will glorify and honor me. This is this is Jesus saying about the Holy Spirit. He will glorify and honor me, because he, the Holy Spirit, will take from what is mine, Jesus, and will disclose it to you. I mean no, that's good news. Sanctification is becoming more like Jesus. So he says, Hey, the Holy Spirit, I've given to him, he's it's me, it's my spirit, and he and I've given to him what is mine. Okay? I've given to him what is mine, he's going to give you me. The Holy Spirit's going to give you me, and you're going to be like me. Are y'all getting that? That's sanctification by the Holy Spirit. All things that the Father has are mine. Anybody believe that? Everything the Father has belongs to Jesus. Because of this, I said that he, the Spirit, will take from what is mine, and he will reveal it to you. So it's not like you're you're over there without knowing what to do, Pastor Mark. He, He will reveal to you what to do. He's in you. He's there to help you. A paraclete, a comforter, a healer, a counselor, a worker. He's there. When you don't even know how to pray, he's there to pray with you through, through you. And so, he's, he's trying to reveal who he is. And so that's how he's doing it. He helps us, uh, to be able to, to be able to control what we can't control on our own. He helps us trust God's judgment. Isaiah 26.3. It's, it's powerful. It's powerful says, you will keep him in perfect peace, or her, and constant peace, the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you, in both inclination and character, because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. So, so he's there to help us. He's, here, he's there to sanctify us, They help us to do what we can't control. Can I tell you, every day that I wake, I realize I can't control. It's a day when I thought I could control some things. Man, how I many know oh, COVID let us know we can't control anything? There's ever a day where it's out of control. How I many know oh, it's today? Can't control anything. And pastoring, you know, even in pastoring, you used to be able to control, you know, people used to be, I guess, a little, uh, uh, a little bit more uh, controllable. How I many know oh, it's out of control? You can look at somebody's straight face and they'll just say, Well, I, you talking to me? No, I'm just looking at the person talking to somebody, but you're not there. There's no response. It's like missing. Something's gone. There's no connectivity. How do you know God, by the Holy Ghost, needs to bring us into wholeness? He needs to bring us back together, bring us back to a place where we can understand who he is and what he's trying to do and helping us. And then thirdly, he helps us to surrender to God's control. Remember Ephesians 5, 18, don't be drunk with, with wine, right? Drunkenness is still a sin. Yet we have some churches that are saying, drink what you want. You can be a member and drink. You can be a member and have alternate uh, lifestyle. You can be a member and do anything you want to do. Just be a member. I mean, no, you have to behave. Does anybody here believe you have to behave? Okay, so we all want everybody to belong. We do. But once you belong, you have to behave. If you don't behave this is what my mama used to tell me. You wait till your daddy gets home. Anybody ever heard that? Well, mama could have done it, but she wanted to. In fact, I actually got it twice. Mama made me get the switch and she gave it to me. And then she still made me wait till my daddy got home. So it's a double. Might as well run and wait till daddy gets home. Let me know sooner or later, dad's coming home. And I think the absence of discipline in our lives, correction, has caused a state of confusion. There's no surrender. There's no obedience. Nobody's going to tell me what to do and I don't have to obey you. And, and so if that's true in this earth, it's also true spiritually. I don't have to obey the Holy Spirit, but, but, but you do. Because if you don't, you're going to blow a gasket and your car is going to blow up your spiritual engine, you know, and so the, the, The text we read from Ephesians is a powerful text. It's so beautiful. And and I think we really need to break it down. There's a real enemy trying to blow you up. Everybody wants to belong without contributing anything. Sanctification includes a new generosity for reaching into the body, including in every way, everyone. Right? It's an open, bold praise to God. Worship and release. It's a witness that's powerful. It's a working together with God to bring me to a place of wholeness, and and when we say holiness, boy, holiness conjures up a lot of pictures, especially back in the day, and we and we almost feel intimidated, like we can't do this. God is holy, and He said, "Be ye holy as I am holy." And so we look at this and we think, "Wow, how will we ever be holy like God?" It's a lost cause. I'll never, I'll never match up. But we have the Holy Spirit. And God's not saying be perfect. He's saying be whole, which is W H O L E. Whole, meaning Shalom, meaning peace. He'll keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Are y'all hearing me? So it's a different thing. Whatever we whatever we we whatever space you give to the spirit in your life, you'll find peace. And whatever space you eliminate the spirit in your life, you will have no peace. Just that simple. I hate to break it down like that, but we must get on his terms, walk in his ways, get in his word. Friends, you got your Bible and you've got your knees. How many know it's time to use them? Prayer and the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, the teachings of the Word, the church, the Bible, the fellowship, all of that. Everything helps us to get to the place where God can totally use us. How does the Spirit bring peace? He helps us accept what we can't control. He helps us to trust God's judgment, right? Because there's no such thing as a problem-free living. You have problems and I have problems. We all have problems. I, I encourage you today. You came to church to, to let you know we all have problems. And we do deal with sin. We do. But we have to talk about it. And that's why we have an altar. We don't talk against sin or preach against sin uh, because we hate people. We hate sin. We love people. We hate what sin does to people. It breaks them down. It breaks their family down. It breaks down the church. It breaks down the society. I mean, it will kill you. Therefore, we have altars. And we ask people to come and get cleansed, not just saved, but continually saved, continually redeemed, continually, continually cleansed but we have an advocate with the Father. How many know we have a defense attorney who's fighting on our behalf? Since we have a real enemy, how many know we have a real advocate too? I said, we have somebody who's for you. It's not just Pastor Ron and Melissa and the board and the church. The Lord is for you. The Holy Spirit is for you. I said, every the kingdom of God is for you. It's in you, actually. And it should be coming out of you. And so... You have to trust God and the Holy Spirit can help you develop a confident trust a faith that holds on when your mind is telling you otherwise he 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 wants you to surrender to the lord so so I want us to get a little further into this because um because God's word is so powerful i I think we should we should delve in a little bit more uh if if we're not if we're not confident here uh <laughs> a very sophisticated and comprehensive retitling of all abnormal behavior, of all immoral behavior, unspiritual, wicked, sinful uh, behavior. Un- under If we put it all under disease terminology, what does that do? It's frightening to me what it does. One, number one, it does is it eliminates the church. If everybody's okay, then why do you need the church? If you're going to heaven with all your sin, in fact, the Pope declared even the atheist is going to heaven. The man who doesn't believe in God is going to heaven? Then what is Pastor Ron doing up here? I mean, know somebody lost their mind. Well, we are just a bunch of idiots if we're trying to make it to heaven when the atheist who doesn't even believe in God is going to heaven. You say, Pastor, that's not true. Read it and weep, people. This is what they're saying. And people are falling like flies. They, they just grapple for that. It's an easy grace. Anybody could do that. The Holy Spirit desires to bring each of us into complete wholeness as we pursue him and partner with him. He comes to help us become holy, mature, complete, blameless, perfect. Doesn't mean perfection. We know that's glorification. But how many know somebody's got to get a hold of you here and now? we got to get a hold of ourselves here and now. Somebody has to help the church to get up and walk in the will of God. And that's the pastor. But a pastor who talks about sin and wickedness and evil and the effects thereof is not a popular pastor. But in Old Grove, he's very popular. Amen. This side got up. One person on that side got it. You know, you really don't know the devastating effects of it until it hits your house. When sin hits your house, you'll be looking for the preacher. I love the illustration of a guy who went down to hell Died and went to hell. In his mind, he had this dream, and he was picking up people by the hair out of the lake of fire, picking them up, looking at them, putting them back down, grabbed the next one, picked them up by the hair, looked at them, dropped them, and the demon went over and said, what in the world are you doing? He said, I'm looking for the preacher who didn't tell me the truth. Because evidently, he's there too. And we got to talk about it. As often as the word holy is used by Christians, you'd think that we could All agree on a uniform understanding of what it means. We we read holy Bibles. We have a Holy Spirit. God's holy church. Holy people, peculiar, set apart, right? Called out of darkness into his light. We sing, holy, holy, holy. We hear holy all the time. Do we even know what that means? And so, fear of God needs to come back. I said, the Holy Spirit is the third person in the Godhead. He's trying to help us understand what it means to walk in our divine nature and stop messing around with our flesh. Holiness. What do you think it means? Well, the word holy, closely related word is sanctify. And sometimes you'll hear sanctified holy. Sanctified holy. Right? In Thessalonians, Paul said, I pray that the Lord himself will sanctify you wholly. right? Your whole body, mind, spirit. Every part of you needs to be sanctified. I don't know how you roll, but Pastor Ron needs to make an altar every now and then. I need need to get back in the closet again and pray through on some things. I do, I do sometimes can blow a a gasket. And if I knew more medical or, or mechanical terms, I'd probably tell them to you but I'm limited on my mechanical inclinations. So blow a gasket is all I've got. And I have blown one. Because when I was young and immature, I did not check the oil. I did not change the oil. Because I didn't even care if there was a dipstick. I was the dipstick! And the Holy Spirit desires to bring us to this wholeness, this practical pursuit of partnering with God He comes to help us. He's geared to make us holy. That's what holiness is really about, wholeness. Amen? He's bringing the whole life of Christ into the whole of our personality so that the whole love of God can be relayed to the whole world. If you don't get made whole, what makes you think we're going to see a world saved? If the church is holy, and I mean a bunch of holes in it, then the world has no hope. But if the church is holy, I mean, no, the world has hope. And, and this is what Jesus said. He said, hey, it's Christ in you, which is the hope of glory. It's Christ in you that brings hope to your family, hope to your children, hope to your grandchildren, hope to the people around you. People should see you and have hope. That's what it means to be in Christ. Oh, that's what it means to be saved. Oh, that's how it feels to be free. Because all of us have been in bondage at one time or another. Maybe it is the longer we're saved, we forgot how it is to be lost. Whenever I get people, I usually get them in their worst state. I'll go back and say, how'd you get here? I don't even know. I don't even know how I got here. And we'll do a little tracking and wow, wow. It's not that hard to see. But it puts the church out of business. Since we deal only in the moral and the spiritual, there's nothing anymore uh, anyone can do. We get nothing to say. We're out of business. Nobody comes to us. That was that was just real. Nobody comes to us, because because it's not a a moral issue. It's a medical issue. They go to psychiatrists. They go to and and thank God for psychiatrists. Thank God for doctors. I'm not I'm not dissing all that. But how many know you got to take responsibility for your own sin. And nobody wants to feel uh, bad. Nobody wants to feel guilt or shame. But how many know if you'll listen to the preacher, you could save yourself and your family. That's why these altars are always open. That's why we deal with peace. Uh, Dis-ease, you know what dis-ease is? is, It's Satan who puts dis on everything God has. God has ease for us. So Satan puts a dis on it, and now we have dis-ease. God has courage for us. Satan puts a dis on it, and now we are discouraged. Are you hearing me? So Satan is always counterattacking what God originally wanted us to be, bold and praise and worship, brave and courageous and living for God, and Satan wants to tear that down bit by bit, person by person. Is anybody getting anything, or should I close? The word holy is derived from the medieval English hal, H-A-L, 11th century word that's the root to such, Words contemporarily as health and whole and whole. Obviously, holiness is more than a spiritual attribute. It relates to more than merely the invisible. Holiness involves the completion in all parts of the human being as the Holy Spirit rebuilds you to the depths of your being. Your spirit can be revived to life in God. Can somebody say amen to that? That is just a fact. We can be made whole. Your spirit can be revived. To life in God. Your soul can be restored in mind and emotions. You can be made whole. You'll hear Jesus go out throughout the gospel say, hey, hey, do you want to be made whole? I mean, it's just a direct question. It's a direct question. They can say yes or no. Who in the right mind would say no? No, Jesus, please. Please don't heal me. I love the discomfort. I love the disease. I love the, I love the addiction. I love the bondage. I'm in. I really don't want to be free. But some people are so addicted to addiction that they really don't want to be. Their mind tells them they're not worthy of being free. Are y'all hearing me? Satan has so duped them into a lie to believing that they're not worthy of being free. How many believe God deserves and you deserve to be free? God thinks you should, desires to make you free. So even your physical body can be disciplined. You can be sanctified. But if you think it's impossible to be holy, you'll never even try. And that's where I think it came in. Holiness was come on. Legalism came in on the scene. And it looks holy. But how many know it didn't turn out to be that holy? It's not about how you look. It's about what's going on on the inside. Now, it wouldn't hurt for some of you to have an outside trim of an inside work. I said it doesn't hurt to paint the old barn. But some people think holiness is makeup or lack thereof. And some people think holiness is this or that or the other. Hey, it's just simply being complete in him. And the only way to do that is to stand in him, in Christ, being holy, is to is to know that he can do this for us. And so three factors to consider this morning. Number one, the desirability factor. You have to desire to be made whole. You have to desire that. Desire leads to direction. If you don't care, nobody else is going to care. You have to get up and say, I'm tired of being of running and living like the devil and, and facing this issue over and over again. Pastor, I've tried, but I just can't seem to break it. Really? I mean, no, I can break it for you. I had a guy who couldn't stop smoking one time. I just can't stop smoking. Please help me, Pastor. Please help me. I said, I am guaranteed I'm going to help you, son. Come over here. Bring me your cigarettes. You want to quit? Yes, sir. You feel like making a covenant? Absolutely. Anything? Just do whatever you got I got to get rid of these cigarettes. I said, "Okay, buddy. Here's the deal. I'm going to make a covenant with you. You're going to do it with me here. So, so I know the urge comes on you, doesn't it? Oh, doesn't it? When I get nervous at work, I just got to go outside smoke. <laughs> okay. Do you think that that the cigarette is controlling you? Oh, yeah. It's just, it's all. I need a patch. I need drugs. I need I need anything. Just this. I I'm out of control. Okay, so a little bit of stick that long is tro- controlling your whole life, really. But we're going to fix it. Here's what you do. Just throw it all away. Flush it down the toilet. Okay, but what about tomorrow if I have an urge? I said, I- I'll-, I'll give you a break. Tomorrow, if you have an urge, grab a cigarette and smoke half of it. And then after you smoke half of it, you have to eat the other half. Yeah, that's what he said. As he said, really? I said, yeah, go ahead and get that craving out of your way. Just smoke half of it and then chew the other half and swallow it. Okay, Pastor, sounds weird, but I'll do it. The next day he got that craving. (laughs) Don't try this at home, people. This was God's covenant with him. I don't know about you. But he smoked half and then he put it out. And he thought, man, I told Pastor I got to get rid of this thing. And so (laughs) he he threw his guts up. You know how many more he smoked? Two. He threw up two more times, and the brother never smoked another cigarette in his life. Let me know that's a victory. So I don't know how you plan to get to victory, but I can help you quit. Yeah, I'll have a line out the door probably. Pastor, you have any uh, any remedies for me? Yeah, empty yourself. Let God control you. Think about it. you got to be a little bit more disciplined in your mind. It's cold turkey, man. Cold turkey. I said, I went from wild turkey to cold turkey. I just flushed it all down the toilet. By faith in Christ, I am saved. So that don't work for me. Well, it might. You haven't tried it. If I go into your house, open your cabinets, and you've got wine and liquor and beer and all that, I don't know. I don't know what you got. But that seems like to me a little slip back. That means I have Jesus, but in case I get nervous again. Oh. Let me get some Bud Dumber. That's that's holding on to the world. How many know you got to kill the old man? You got to eradicate that. You got to get rid of that. Is this helping anybody? Maybe not. But I'm gonna preach it like I know it. So hang, <laughs> sanctification is you praying. Paul prayed, "Hey, now may God of peace Himself sanctify you wholly. and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord." How many know the Lord's coming? So there's a desirability factor. And if you don't desire to be made whole, you're not going to be made whole. I don't care. I don't care how many times you try. It's not going to happen. You have to desire it. You have to have the want to. Hey, if you want to go to church, how many know you'll be at church? Listen, I have tried to lead God's people for years. If they don't want to go, there's nothing in the world I can do. I can't go and pull them out of there by their ear. Get out of your house and get to the pew. Sit down right here. I've tried, believe me. I've tried. I wish there was a pellet gun I could use just to kind of get God's people on the on the way, you know a holiness peel, a holiness peel here, take this, you will be holy or a shot, you know, you have been indoctrinated with sanctification. It doesn't happen that way. I said it doesn't happen that way, holy, holy, He will make you holy. And and if you don't believe me, then then it's just wasted a lot of time here. I I wanna I wanna share something with you because it's important that you get this. God's nature is changeless and timeless. How many know God has a win? W I N and a W H E N. He knows when, he knows where you are. How many believe God knows where you are right now? And He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you. He wants to partner with you, He wants to help you. But there's got to be a surrendering. There's got to be a letting go and a uh, letting go of control. God has to take over. And I guess I was young enough and vulnerable enough to say, hey, less of me and more of you. I mean, when you get to that place where you're saying, Lord, anything. How many of you ever pray for your loved ones to say, Lord, whatever it takes? Let me see your hand if you said, Lord, whatever it takes. Save my son, my daughter, my uh, family, whatever. Save them. Save them. Whatever it takes. And then whatever it takes comes and you're devastated. I mean, no, it's better to lose your everything and gain your own soul, right? And what profit is it, the Bible says, to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? So when you get to that place, that's called desperation. You've got to have a desirability factor. The second point is a stretchability factor. As soon as you desire God, he will come in and help you. The next part is going to be painful. Stretching. I was talking to uh, uh, Tyler this morning. and talking. I'm always, always talking, always training, always teaching. And uh, not everybody's always listening and learning, but I'm always teaching and training. So I was telling him about, about lifting weights. When you're lifting weights, you know, you have what we call once a month a max. You have reps. You just, I know, you can tell by my physique how much I do this. But you in, in weight training, you have reps. You do one, two, three, four, five of a certain amount of weight. But once a month, if you want to go to the next level, you put on a little bit more weight and you just do it one time. They call that max. Call it max, max, just one time. If you just get it up one time, yeah, and you might need a little help, like, come on, come on, come on, come on, under the bar. Make sure the people under the bar, you trust them. Otherwise, you could get strangled by the bar and the weight. And pastor loves you enough to, come on, and the Holy Spirit loves you enough to, say, come on, come on, come on, come on, and getting you to another level, it's painful, it's breaking down muscle tissue, it's stretching, it's bold. and you come out buff. I mean, know oh, your spirit, if you look in the mirror, if you could see your inner man, is it strong or is it weak? That's the question of sanctification. Is it strong or is it weak? Or are you feasting at the table of the Lord or are you just showing up, oblivious to anything around you? You don't worship. You don't stand up. You don't sit down. You don't move. You don't talk. You don't do anything. All you do is show up and show out. And so there's no, there's nothing, no engagement. There's no engagement in the body. You're just there. An ornament, a beautiful ornament, but an ornament. Some of you have grown to the level that you're going to grow, and that's where you're going to be the rest of your life. How many believe that God wants you to grow all the way to the end? Stretchability. See, Pastor, there's no more stretch. There's no more flex in me. I beg to differ. And if you'll give me one arm, Holy Ghost will take the other. We will stretch you. We will stretch you. Yes. I tell you about stretching. If you get left behind after the rapture, they'll put you on a stretcher and you won't like that stretcher. It's called martyrdom. They'll stretch your body from limb to limb till everyone's tore off. Oh, you haven't read about the history of the church, have you? I mean, no people have given their lives. You think you've gone through pain just by showing up on Sunday morning? I mean, no, there's pain coming. Might as well let him stretch you now. Can I hear an amen? This is good preaching, Pastor. Keep it up. The last one, and that's the best one, because you're all excited about that, is the availability factor. I want to grow, Pastor. I want to be sanctified by it, But I'm checked out. I don't talk to God. God don't talk to me. I don't read my Bible. I don't go to church. enough. I show up every now and then. I get whatever I get. Can I tell you this morning, you are as close to God as you want to be. And no preacher. I don't care what church you go to. You can do church online. You can go through a podcast. You can blame the preacher. You can blame your parents. You can blame everybody around you. But how many at the end of the day, you're as close to God as you want to be. So pastor's here. Melissa's here. The staff is here. The board is here. The church is here. The teachers are here. Everything is in this house. We are the body. Come on now. We are the body. We are. We are. Oh, girl, we are. That means we want you to be. And if you're here, you're part of who we are. And if you're weak, you can be strengthened by some of those that are strong. And if you're strong, maybe you can help strengthen those that are weak. We're one body. How many know we have one God and we have one devil? And one body. One church. One baptism. One Lord. Amen? And he's wanting to help us to come to understand that holiness is in practice. God wants us to get on with our lives and live holy, holily. (laughs) I don't know if that makes any sense, but I'm trying to help you. It's practical. It implies growth as if we grow up into holiness that Jesus has provided for us. And once we grasp this, we're on our way to understanding, be holy as I am. holy." I used to think this was solely a commandment, but I've come to see it more of a promise. It's more of a promise. God's not trying to beat you up, beat you into holiness. He's promising you that if you'll make yourself available, right, he will help you. But if you just come in and go out, there's no response to God. Now, here's what I don't know. Pastor Ron doesn't have a monitor on his desk. I don't have a GPS to follow you everywhere you go. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're engaged with. If I did, I'd make you eat cigarettes and quit that junk. Are you seeing what I'm saying? But I'm not God. There's two things I know. There is a God, and I'm not him. But I don't have a monitor. But the Holy Spirit has a monitor. I many believe God sees everything? He actually knows the motive of your heart. And He wants to engage you. He wants you to come in. And holy, holiness and sanctification is for right now. It's for right now. You've got to know this. It's for today. You don't have to be perfect today. But you have to be available today. It's for right now. Right now God wants to make you holy. Immediate sanctification and progressive sanctification. He's not going to leave you. He loves you too much to leave you in the condition you're in. And if you settled down, if you settled back into a rut where, you know, you're about as holy as you want to be and going to be, I'm good enough. I mean, no, good enough is a dangerous word. I'm good enough. Leave me alone. I'm good enough. I don't need to read no more. I don't need to go no more. I don't need to give no more. I don't need to do no more. I've done all I'm going to do for God. And you're just going to sit there and sour and soak, but I don't think that's God's plan for your life. I mean, believe God wants you to strive, He wants you to thrive, He wants you to be sanctified, holy, live, living, not just existing. So you got to do it now. And then, uh, secondly, it's something God Himself does. May the Lord Himself sanctify you. May God Himself sanctify you. Pastor Ron can't sanctify you. You know, there's some churches and religions believe that they If they put water on you, you know what I mean, or say some blessing on you, you're sanctified and you're holy, you get to go to heaven. How many know that ain't happening here? How can imperfection demand perfection? Help me out here. How can imperfection demand perfection? It can't. Imperfect can't demand perfect. But how many know perfect can? And that's the Holy Spirit who's trying to give you the Spirit of Christ. To put you, you're made in His image. He wants to remind you of who He is give you that character that he had. So he's always lifting up Jesus. And so when you're praying in the spirit and praying your own understanding, when you're in the word, when you're in the word, he's leaning, uh, helping you go this way and that and showing you the way. So it's God who does it. And then the last one it involves his presence and and your peace. His presence leads to your peace. Jesus said it like this as in the praise team's coming back, we're going to worship the Lord. Chrissy. we we're just going to worship the Lord for a few minutes and and let's see what God's people want to do. I've done all I can do on sanctification. I think I wore it out. You're only as close to God as you want to be. The Holy Spirit's here to come to enlarge your capacity for worship. He is. And 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 if your if your idea of worship is showing up, and and not being engaged, and maybe that's that's your level of maybe that's your level of worship. That's your level of intimacy. That's your level of maturity. It seems like really low. How many of you need some high octane? You're running on regular gasoline. You need, you need unleaded. You need something to get you faster moving. Go away. Well, I'm going to make it to heaven. Yeah, probably so. Probably so. But you have a few devils that you're going to have to fight along the way. And those devils are going to intensify. How many of you know it's going to be intensified as we go further? I said, it's going to be accelerated. Evil is going to be accelerated. You better have something more than just showing up. You better have something on the inside. And so the Holy Spirit wants to help you. He wants you to have His presence. His promises about your new nature. He brings us to a settled confidence about our future. It's an attribute of God which He preserves. The integrity of His own being. God never needs to be reminded to be good. I mean, oh, God's always good. He never needs to be reminded of being kind and gentle. But you and I do, don't we? 24 and 7. So what does that mean for you today? Here comes Jesus. Not only to forgive us, but to restore us. He knows he has a plan for our life. And it's like, it's like a new genetic principle. We're here to be born again. Not of corruptible seed. But of the Holy Spirit wants to help us. Through the word of God. Say, Pastor, does it mean we don't sin? Well, it means we don't keep on sinning. It means we don't walk in disobedience. It means we change, transform. That's not a popular message. Nobody talks about it. And that's why I called this message, We don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. Would you Stand? You don't even know who Bruno is, but uh, if you have a grandchild or a child, maybe they can help you. Uh, I didn't watch the movie. Not all of it anyway. John 3, 6 through 9. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. For his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Then the words, verse 8, they haunt me. Who who sins is of the devil? <laughs> Pastor, am I of the devil? It's always overcome me. The original language actually says that God is, is, is telling us that we're born of God. Whoever's born of God does not keep on sinning. My friends, I gotta tell you today. If you're walking in willful disobedience, you know, tomorrow you're gonna sin, the next day you're gonna get up, and do the same old sin, then you're not born again. You need to be born again. And so that's what we're gonna do, right? Now, maybe you're here, you need to make a relationship with Christ priority in your life. We're getting out early today. We're getting out early. Some of you have been out already, you checked out a long time ago but I had to finish the message. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I do. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Say, Pastor, you're preaching to the choir. Every one of us in here is saved. Really? I never take it for granted that everybody in here is saved. I can't even see some of you. The lights are too bright. Somebody might have walked in here that needs to know Jesus. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray, Father, right now, if somebody's walked through the door and don't really know who you are. Don't know what a life in Christ is about. Kind of scared to take a next step. I pray you give them boldness. Boldness to say, I can't keep living the way I'm living. I must be born again. I must have a change of heart. I must have a change of life. I need you, Lord. I need you. Now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
1: Amen And the rest
0: of you Maybe you're here and you, Maybe you just need to Have rest in your spirit Because guilt and shame And unbelief Those things cause you to Not have confidence in God But redemption and freedom Comes when you release All that to God So these altars are open We're going to worship a little bit You have to take care of business Just you and Jesus If everything's alright You go out the back way If you know there's some things you need to take care of, you can come out this way. Hope you have a great day in the Lord. We have a board meeting at at 5 o'clock, and then we have church at 6 o'clock. But there's some things you need to take care of. These altars are open. If you want to just come and worship the Lord, say, Lord, help me. I want to be completely whole. Completely whole. Body, mind, and spirit. I need peace in my spirit. I need rest in my soul. Come. Find a place with you.
1: I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, how he healed me to the arms, can I think about the Lord, how he takes me and turned me around, how he raised my feet. Come on, ask, seek. Knocks. Thirst after God. Desire you, Lord. Lord raise tell him I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord.
0: of heaven into my midst. Give me a desire to be a man and woman of God. Discipleship. It's discipleship. It's not showmanship. It's discipleship. God, change me. Change me. Holy is your name. I want to be holy like you're holy. Enlarge my ability to extend the kingdom. Help me have a joyful spirit doing the will of God. Help me to work with you, God. Talk to you real briefly. Have you lost your desirability factor? Have you lost your passion, your pursuit. Have you lost a stretchability factor that helps you renew? Can't can't do this with old wineskins. They will they will bust. You have to renew the wineskin of your soul. Expand your vision. Enlarge your heart for Christ. Extend your reach to the world. God wants to use you, but you've got to be available. Have you hurt the heart of God by ignoring His call? Have you lost your stretchability, availability? Have you tried to bypass His partnership? If so, just simply repent. Say, Father, I've tried to do this without you. I know there's a whole world out there that can care less about any of this. But we have to make room in our heart for God. To let him love you, control you, exercise his authority in your life. Flood your soul with every desire he has for you. Every intention he has for you. It's all good. Jesus' heart is only touched not, not with your pure doctrine, but with your passionate devotion. Even if you don't know everything yet, you can know him without knowing everything about him. You can know him. So let's stretch our hand to the Lord this morning. Father, we renew our commitment to you. Lord, it's not about how much I know about you, but it's how much I love you now. And Lord, the anointing is releasing us to the fullness of Christ that fills our life, stretches us to new limits, an inner pressure that is expelling us, and getting rid of unneeded things and filling our lives with you. The anointing always keeps us in the stretching. Stretching our previous experiences, our present level of growth and our level of learning, our cherished customs and our addictions, even pulls us away. Our prejudice, our comfort zone, those things which we feel we can explain and control. Lord, take us to a place that we can't not control. Come into our house and clean it up. Don't let us be bothered like Martha, but let us be blessed like Mary. May your presence bring pleasure to us who sit at your feet. We don't want to just work for you, God. We want to work with you. We want to work with you. Touch your church today. Sanctify us holy. You, personally. Holy Spirit, you. We invite you to come in. We are available for a complete overhaul. A complete overhaul. Overhaul our body, mind, and our spirit. Transform us into the new creation you called us to be. We're tired of living below our potential. We can do more. We can love more, read more, pray more, go more, give more, preach more, do more. We can do more. We want to know you more before we try to do anything. Bring that freedom. Bring that liberty. Prepare us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Don't take offense, Lord, at our resistance. Help us to know you wholly, holy, completely. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, if you're struggling with anything, I used a facetious kind of story about the cigarette, making them eat it. I won't do that to you. If you're struggling with any kind of addiction, if you're struggling with any kind of stronghold, any kind of fear, any kind of anxiety, any kind of thing that's keeping you back from God, I invite you. is what Jesus said. Come unto me, all who are weary... And heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Today, if you don't have rest and peace in your spirit, you need to be finding somebody to pray with you, help you, walk with you, and most importantly, the Holy Spirit, so on. So the Lord bless you. Stay as long as you like. We're going to worship a little longer. If you want to stay, stay. If you have to go, go. See, it's a night at 6 o'clock. Come on, let's worship the Lord. i yeah. yeah. to walk in power supernaturally God to do what we can't we know you got control we know all things work together for those that love the Lord help us Lord not to be condemned but to be stretched not to be condemned but to be convicted not to not talk about it not to not deal with it not to be in denial but to have desire to go to another level take us there Lord take us there don't ever let us settle. Help us go further in you. We either go further in you or further away from you. That's the only two ways we can go. So take us where we've never been to do what we've never done. All for the glory of God. All for the glory of God. We'll be careful to give you praise. Praise and glory and honor.